Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a Big Show. Is everybody ready? Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, Jake Scott with you here at our Carrier Zone studios at Vivint Arena. Eric Jensen filling in for uh, Austin. Once again today, Austin will be back coming up tomorrow. And uh, not safely social distancing from Casa de Monson is the one, the only Gordon Monson, who we're still efforting to get on the uh, on the show. So uh, that's that's always nice. We hope everybody's having a good day. Man, the weather is beautiful. The sun came up today. The election is over. Hopefully we can all exhale and watch it all play out. I know I feel better today. Uh, but hopefully everybody had a chance to to get out there and participate in the uh, great American process uh, yesterday. And hopefully everybody didn't stay up too late uh, to uh, for uh, a, f- a final election result that uh, was not going to come. So and uh, did not come. Um, but thank you for jumping on with us. We appreciate it. We've got a busy show today. We're going to talk uh, a lot of of college football. Again, this is uh, the biggest week of the year in college football. Utah's coming back. BYU's got Boise State. Uh, we will get into uh, we will get into all of it. We'll have what's going on coming up at the top three o'clock hour. Uh, at four o'clock, our friend Christian Cox is going to jump on the show, talk a little Ute football. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and then at five, our friend David Locke will jump on with us today. There's uh, uh, a bunch of random kind of uh, NBA news that's out there today. Uh, it reports that uh, there's there could possibly be a vote tomorrow on uh, when to start the season next year. So that's uh, very, very important. Uh, in what's going on a couple of days ago, we talked to uh, or uh, we got David's breakdown on why he believes that it's uh, it's going to be December 22nd. I thought it was uh, very compelling. So we'll ask uh, David to further explain that. So, uh, yeah, we've got a, a lot going on. And presumably Gordon's going to be on the show at uh, at some point, uh, which would, uh, would, would certainly be nice. Um, well, I mean, if uh, no no chit chat with Gordon about uh, his experience in the presidential election, maybe we should uh, just uh, dive right into sports, shall we, Eric? Let's uh, let's get to the split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280, the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Well, he's definitely stepped up his leadership role. Uh, last year, he was a, a good leader for us, but he was, uh, I don't want to say overshadowed, you know, Francis Bernard and Lecky and and uh, Bradley, all the guys that we had uh, surrounding him, uh, the upperclassmen, he was just a sophomore last year, were more the the, uh, the primary leaders. But but this is his time now. He's uh, Even though he's only a junior, he's uh, elected team captain, and uh, we're excited about uh 
what he's doing for us as a player and as a leader. His uh, his play is, you know, from where he came from when he first got in the program, uh, as a guy that uh, really had no linebacker experience, and you know, we knew we had a, a guy with athletic ability and and a big upside, but was he going to uh, achieve that and and, and end up uh, you know fulfilling his potential? And the answers are resounding yes. He's he's uh, done a remarkable job of transforming himself into a linebacker and uh like i said he's, he's he is the team leader on defense right now and, and uh it's great to see the progress that he's made while he's been in our program well the short version is he's been one of our best three corners and that's really what the objective is is as we say you know all the time we're going to get the best players on the field not going to stack up a guy uh, as a second teamer behind uh another player if he may be better than a player at uh you know, at another spot, and that's relative. You can't do that completely because you got to have you know x amount of corners and safeties and backers on the field. But but he has been uh, outstanding since he got here. He got here last spring, which really helped him, even though we only had three spring practices, all the meetings, and the, just getting uh, indoctrinated into our program that took place uh, since he's got here in January has has really helped him. And he's got a ton of uh, ability, and he's just done a great job performing and, and getting better literally every day since he's got here. All right, that was uh, Coach Witt uh, talking about first Devin Lloyd and then uh, Clark Phillips there and uh, and his defense as Utah gets ready for Arizona. We will get to some BYU conversation coming up as well. Uh, but I, I've heard a rumor that Gordon is indeed connected. So we, we should probably say hi to Gordon. Hello, Gordon. Jake, I apologize. Uh Somebody turned my hotspot off, and I did not know that. So uh, that uh, I was trying to get hooked up and uh, was not uh, connected. So I had to go repeat the whole process. So sorry about that. My, it was my fault. I should have checked that in advance. Well, uh, we're glad you're dialed up. We're glad you are with us. Uh, uh, I mentioned earlier we're going to talk a lot of college football, and we're going to start out here uh, with the Utes, Gordon, and uh, the Utah defense is go- going to get an interesting test. If Arizona is going to be competitive in any games this year, Gordon, it's going to be because their offense scores a bunch of points. Now they have a new uh, coaching staff on defense, but uh, unless they uh, somehow magically created new players, uh, I'm guessing uh, that a-, a defense that gave up 35 points a game last year is uh, not going to be terrific. So Utah's, they're going to try and score on Utah's defense. They're going to, they're going to put some pressure on, on some of those young players. Well, maybe we need to talk with Greg Hansen about uh, Arizona's uh, caliber of athlete. You know, you always see those um, sci-fi movies where you know they're in the desert of Arizona somewhere, and they're like, uh, they're, they're like manufacturing human beings and whatnot. And you know, so I, I don't know whether Arizona has that as a part of their. Program. I don't think so. I'm guessing not. I, I, I wouldn't think so. But really, if Arizona is going to be able to move the ball, and I'll believe it when I when I see it, I guess uh, it it really calls into question Utah's inexperience in their defense, and it, it's the age old question, Jake, about. How valuable is experience? I don't think you can argue that it's it's not valuable. But, I mean, on the deficit side, how punitive is it for Utah to be having so much youth, so much inexperience? And and I don't know the answer to that question. I do know this, that Kyle Whittingham in the past, uh, under his leadership, uh, that defense has, has sustained uh, excellency uh, fairly regularly. So... 
that, what does that mean for Saturday afternoon's game? I, I don't know, but I knew, I do know that Kyle Whittingham has talked about it and you heard him talking about what the depth chart and all that stuff. Uh, but I, I know that he, uh, he has said that that defense is a work in progress and that he's not, he wasn't satisfied with it. And that was just a couple of days ago. He said that. So th- there you have it. I, uh, you know, Gordon, I, I don't know a ton about Arizona's, uh, Arizona's offense. We'll, we'll learn, uh, I suppose, uh, some stuff. But I would guess that Utah's defense is going to give up some points because there's going to be some mistakes. You know, we've seen uh, throughout the, the, the coronavirus and college football return to, to play that tackling hasn't really been terrific. Um, Young players in general haven't been through it before, so you're probably going to see some blow, blown coverages and and some things like that. So, uh, you know, I I have no no doubt that Utah's defense is going to be good, above average this year. But game one, um, I, I bet there's going to be there's going to be some stuff to tighten up. So I I would not expect a shutout, even uh, going up against uh, lowly Arizona. Yeah, I, I I'm not uh, talking about that. I I think they will score some points, but. Uh, how how will Utah's defense? It, 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 I like the way you said that, Jake, because they're going. They're athletic. These guys are good athletes. So how seasoned are they? How uh, will they make a wrong read and put themselves in a bad position? You talked about missed tackles. In my experience of watching football, when guys miss tackles, it's not just a matter of them not wrapping up. It's a matter of body position and where they are. Uh, in relation to uh, the ball coming at them uh, or running away from them? Are they in the right position to to make a tackle where they're not lunging or diving or doing all these other things that may be less efficient? So I, I, this, is, this is super interesting to me. When Utah loses all the, those nine great players off the defensive side, and and then they they plug in these other guys, some of whom have some experience, but some of whom have no experience at all. And uh, how how are they going to react? I, how how fast has Utah's coaches have Utah's coaches been able to uh, to get these guys where they need to be? We we've praised them over and over again for their defensive coaching skill, and uh, I, I think we're going to learn a lot more about that. Uh, at least what's reasonable. Uh, with such young players coming up on Saturday. You know, uh, Gordon, I, uh, just kind of an anecdote uh, going along with, with what we're talking about with uh, you know young players and mistakes and those sorts of things. I, um, I remember the first game that Dominic Hatfield played at corner. Now, remember <laughs> when, he was, he, when he was a freshman, he was a receiver. But that uh-huh. next year in 2014, he moved over to corner. And I remember his first game, and it was against... Oh, it was against an FCS team or, or somebody not, you know, uh, not a really great team. Uh, but I'm down on the sideline covering the game, and I remember Sharif Shah uh, basically holding his hand from play to play. <laughs> I mean, in, in that very vocal Sharif Shah way, right? I mean, uh-huh. in his ear after every single play because Hatfield was lost. Right, uh, but they saw the the potential there, and they saw the talent, and and they knew they had a solid coach in in Sharif Shah would would be able to, you know, uh, teach and teach quickly, and, and he became a starter that year, and eventually, uh, outside that uh, one play where he was stiff armed into the fifth row by Juju Smith Schuster, was an awesome player at Utah All Conference, 
really, really good. But I'll never forget that first game when because I, I thought, wow, he's he's he is hands on coaching during this game. And and Hatfield, it was it was stuff like you know like take a step to your left. I mean, it was it was really basic stuff. But I, I we'll see some of those mistakes. The, to your point, uh, the potential is absolutely there. The athleticism appears to be there. They just they're gonna they're gonna have some learning to do. Yeah, and so that will lead to exactly what you said. It would. There will be some blown coverages. Yeah, yeah. There so will I, be some mistakes made in, in football. You know, one one bad mistake and that's seven points going the other way. You know, and and, and when you have youngsters at critical positions like the Utes do, uh, in positions that are vulnerable to giving up what might become a big play, then you're going to have to live with that. Um. Uh, Gordon, I get the impression. I get the impression that Utah's offense is ahead of the defense, based on what I've heard from uh, the coaches, and from some of the players, and and that's replacing your quarterback and your running back. But I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But that's that's the this that's a fantastic thing about this. Two fantastic things about this. One is we're going to find answers to a lot of questions that exist, and for a lot of reasons, uh, those questions are there. Uh, having to do with COVID, having to do with uh, uh, preparation time, having to do with a weird season, all of that. And and the other thing is that it's Arizona. So it should give the Utes some catch-up time as opposed to if they were going up against SC or Arizona State. Gordon, real quick, jumping in with some breaking news. Oh, Our friend Brett McMurphy uh, writes mm-hmm. for Stadium, uh, breaks a ton of college football news. He's reporting. Utah coach Kyle Whittingham signs four-year contract extension through December 2027. Wow. Get the four more years, Chance. Ready. Four more years. Four more years. Too soon? Uh, Too soon for that joke? Because I made that joke on Twitter, too. Am I going to get blasted? I haven't heard that. Uh, the first time I heard the four more years was when Richard Nixon was running for his second term. Is that where that came from? Is that where yeah, that started? That, that didn't that didn't turn out so well. I don't know if that's where it started, but that's the first time I heard it. Oh, sure, it turned out yeah. well. He won. <laughs> yeah, but then he subsequently resigned. And hey, <laughs> wait a minute. That might be what happens here. But the because but, but the chance has if Wit Wit has the contract. It doesn't say he can't quit if he gets to a, a place in time in his life when he doesn't want to do it anymore. It's up to him, and he can he can quit. He can say, "I am not a crook," and he can step off the plane. I am not a crook, into, <laughs> or into the helicopter. Uh, I mean, he, <laughs> I, our he minds to do. Our minds are in the same place on this. You know what this extension is? This is this is uh, Mark Harlan and Utah saying, "You know what, Coach Witt, you stay as long as you like." Yep. You you and, stay and, as long as you like. And you tell the recruits, and, and you tell the recruits that uh, this is a signal to them that you're not flaking off anytime soon, so they can go go ahead and sign here. It's not a problem. But if you want to go hang out in Hawaii for six months out of the year, eh, if you get to that point, go ahead. Because Kyle has said over and over again he doesn't want to coach into his later years. And if it, you know somehow the program goes in the tank and we have to fire you, well, we're going to have to owe you a lot of money. So. There you go. I think there. I think it's a lot more uh, reasonable, or uh, probably uh, probable, uh, that he will 
if he doesn't finish that contract, it'll be because he wants to go sail into the sunset. Yeah, I think so, too. Around. Yeah, mm-hmm. so there you go. Stability continues at Utah, which, uh, ironically, I think is going to give them uh, somewhat of an advantage uh, this season because I think uh, stability and preparing for this uh, bizarre world that we live in, uh, uh, I bet, benefits Utah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I think it does. Not to mention the fact that those are good coaches up there, including Wit, but they know what they're doing and they know how to work it here at the University of Utah, and they've proven that in the past, and I don't expect it to change. But this season is really an interesting one, and you've brought this up before, Jake, because this is a season of transition. And if if Whittingham can keep it going uh, so that they have uh, reasonable results this year, then that speaks highly of of what's in place. Yeah, it certainly does. And he got let's you know, he got a new boss too. And anytime you get a new boss, you never know how that's gonna go. And obviously, uh Mark Harlan appreciates uh, what Coach Wood has done and continues to do. Twenty twenty seven. Man, good for Coach Witt. He is. He's gonna be able to to pick his own exit and uh that's pretty great. Are we aren't we all uh hoping for that situation as our careers wind down? Well, I'm uh I'm <laughs> I don't let's see. How should I say this? If I were to make a bet, will Kyle Whittingham be coaching at Utah in twenty twenty seven? I would highly doubt it. Yeah, I would doubt it too. Mm. But that's a that's a guess on our part. He's got a lot of life to live beyond football. Yeah, I would think so. Um he himself has admitted multiple times that uh, his kind of perspective on life changed when he had grandkids. Yeah. Which I I and know my perspective on life certainly changed when I had kids. I would imagine having grandkids is is no different. And I don't want to speak uh to personal issues for Kyle, but you know, he lost his dad at a, way too early as far as I was concerned and probably as far as he was concerned as well. And you know, life is transitory, man. He, I, I don't know. I guess it depends on how much he lives to coach football. If, if he lives for it and it brings him happiness and it's what he wants to do, then he'll do it. If, it, if he, he looks around and says, I want to spend more time with my family, I want to be able to travel wherever I want, whenever I want. And he's obviously traveled a lot. And he's had plenty of opportunities. But uh, I, I'm telling you, if I were him, with how demanding football can be, uh, I think I, I, I would, uh, I, I would not hesitate to uh, fade off into a very good life for as long as I could preserve it. Yeah, right. And and uh, it, it'll be up to him. I think that's a good thing. I think he's earned that, and he continues to earn it. I mean, yeah. Utah is is a really good football program. You know, there's still things left to be accomplished. You know. Win the league, go to the Rose Bowl. You know, heaven forbid, uh, a college football playoff. You know, there's there's some uh, achievements out there that are that are still there for him. But uh, Utah's uh, been a good football team for a long time. I mean, even even their down years when they were getting adjusted to the Pac-12, Gordo. When uh, what what were they going four and seven or whatever it is? Uh, they were never terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, they were they were never awful. They were never. Um, uh, let's see. They were never Oregon State bad, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he he's he's delivered results. Yeah, he has. And I th- I think his overall demeanor as a coach, and what do I mean by demeanor? I think his overall approach, 
the way he handles players, uh, the way he handles situations, uh, the relationships that he builds. I, I think he's as good now as he's ever been uh, in, in many regards, that is, in many ways that are valuable to being a good coach and in some situations essential. And I think he has grown as a coach. And that's the difficulty. If you're as good as you've ever been at what you're doing, then it's it's difficult to leave it behind. Because, yeah. you know, it feels good to to, uh, to to be occupied in a way that uh, in something that you're really good at. And he is. As I've watched good coaches age, Gordon, and, and you know, we, we talk about these coaches, whether they hang on too long or they still have something left, et cetera, et cetera. I, I would say as long as coaches can still identify with 19 to 23-year-old players or 25 in the case, uh, some cases around here, you know, as long as they still effectively can communicate with that generation, uh, that's, that's really what matters most. And I, I've seen, you know, I think that happened to Frank Beamer. Uh, on his way out as the the program um, didn't take a dip necessarily, but kind of plateaued. I think mm-hmm. he he wasn't as effective in you know communicating with with the younger generation. Uh, yeah. On the other hand, I think sometimes when when guys get older, then there's a certain quality to them that uh, makes them revered, even by the younger generation. You know, and uh, you know, well, Ky- well, why Kyle, Kyle's Kyle, Kyle's not ancient. It's not like he's uh, using a walker or anything. He's uh, but 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 I think he's been doing this for long enough now that when he walks in the room, he he commands it when it comes to his players. No, I hear you, but but look at these legendary coaches that coached into their eighties. Like pretty much all of the programs uh, dropped off a bit. I mean, Bobby Bowden, that guy, you know, mm-hmm. stopped getting results about 10, 10 years before he left. <laughs> I, I used my beloved Frank Beaver as, as an example. The program wasn't where, where it was when he was, he was younger. Um, you know, uh, uh, Lavelle Edwards was, you know, one of the best coaches we've ever seen. And, you know, his, his things dropped off a little bit toward the end. So maybe it's not identifying with the younger generation. I don't know, but we've seen it a bunch. You bring up a good point there. Uh, you can probably have examples of in both directions, but uh, the point is with Kyle Whittingham, he's going. He's now he now has the opportunity for it to be completely at his option, and it will be. It should be, and uh, I now it's just a matter of how long he he decides to, to stay there. But he's done a terrific job. Obviously, they wouldn't be extending him in that way if they didn't feel absolutely confident in the way he's doing his business. See, how old is Kyle now? Uh, is he 60? Probably right around there. Hang on. So, I mean, he uh, he's... Uh, he's, yes, he's 60. He'll be, uh, he'll be 61 on November 21st. Okay. So, 61 uh, this season, so... Yeah, 2027. If he were to fulfill that contract, he'd, he'd be a good 68 years old. Not, and I don't know whether you know that's not that's not that old. But knowing Kyle and how active he is and how he cares about his family, he may want to spend more time with them uh, during the fall season. 
All right, we'll dive into the Cougs and the Broncos coming up next, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but right now, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, of course, I, our good friend, star of uh, radio and television alike, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. What's happening, Andrew? Hey, Jake. How's it going today? It's going good. I I, I saw one of your ads I th- oh, I saw it last night. I can't. I don't even remember which channel. And I, I said to my wife, "I said, there's my guy Andrew, looking good, making it happen, helping guys out." I have become the king of ED, just what I always wanted to be. But yeah, you know, we we do take what we do very seriously. And word is out about Wasatch Medical and uh, the treatments for erectile dysfunction. Of course, so many guys. We had a guy in the clinic today who said. I've been hearing about you guys for a year, and I did nothing. That's too embarrassing. But after going through the treatments, he's back to normal. This is pretty cool stuff. Our acoustic wave therapy opens up blood vessels. And I know there are so many guys skeptical, embarrassed, and in denial, maybe, about erectile dysfunction. But two to three weeks of a few short 10-minute treatments, this is the best thing you can do, especially compared to taking the pill, considering injections, or using the injections, because it's the relationship at the end of the day that either suffers or thrives, and we help guys get the intimacy back into the bedroom. 801-901-8000 is uh, the number to call, and you need to call it if you've been putting up with all that stuff, Andrew. It's, uh, I mean, the side effects just sound terrible. Yes, you've got to get this set up. Um, the side effects of pills include stuffy nose, headache, blurred vision. But the biggest one, in my opinion, is the lack of spontaneity. Uh, and guys know exactly what I'm talking about, having to pre-plan this and hoping and praying it works and then ruining the next morning with a headache. As far as I know, our treatments are the only thing that uh, treat the root cause problem of the erectile dysfunction and eliminate that need for the pill. 801-901-8000, number to call, 801-901-8000. And you always take great care of our listeners. Hook them up with a lot of stuff. We do. There is so much for free. If you want to put a stop to the ED, uh, care about the relationship, get it back intact, we're going to do the assessment with our doctor for free. A great chance for you to ask questions, get screened, make sure you're a good candidate. He'll test your blood flow, by the way, a really cool process. Uh, we're going to include a little special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. And uh, we're also doing free testosterone to new patients. That helps with a little bit. I call it ambition in the bedroom, drive and energy. We got it all covered. Call us now. It's free. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. How about that, Gordon? Shout out to our new title sponsor, the brand new title sponsor of The Big Show, Big O Tires. Welcome aboard. Excited about it. Uh, yeah, as, as we like to say, let's roll. Wow. Well, we know Austin likes to say that. Yeah. If only Austin were here with us today, he would be mad at us for telling that joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin will be back with us uh, coming up tomorrow, so make sure and 
Make sure and stay tuned for that. We'll get, you know, we've we've teased Austin a little bit while he's been away, Gordon. But I think for the most part, we've taken it pretty easy on him. I have pierced oh. nipples. <laughs> we could play that more. Oh, we, I have we pierced are. nipples. Hi, guys. Oh. I got pierced nipples. Hey, guys. We, I got pierced nipples. Hey, guys. I got pierced nipples. Woohoo! Pierced nipples. And in fact, that's that's where Austin uh, uh, that's where Austin is now dealing with uh, an infection. Um, uh, we have to we have to give him credit for uh, uh, you know doing that with such enthusiasm. Well, here's the thing: he cheats by playing all the outtakes. We've got to. We, in fact, we need to put a stop to that when he gets back. He just needs to play the one that sounds serious, because that's the point of incriminating audio. <laughs> I have pierced nipples. Yes, oh, it's supposed I, to appear as if he he yeah. is not acting, and then when he plays all the other versions, it's his way of going. Oh, this this is incriminating audio. I'm just cartooning around essentially, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think when he gets back, we need to put a stop to that. I want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business, telecom, and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Listen to Hans and Scotty today, uh, Gordon. Uh, Hans doing a film breakdown, as he he often does, uh, is more confident coming out of that uh, that BYU will be victorious on Friday. What do you think? I I don't I I don't know because uh, I, I can't really compare uh, that. I think this game could go either way. If I if I were going to make a pick, I would pick BYU to win. But uh, uh, there are plenty of reasons to think otherwise. Um, so I, I think Boise State's good. Uh, I think they I think they're going to present a challenge for the Cougars, unlike anything they've seen thus far. That's not saying a whole lot, but uh, I think uh, they are to be highly respected, and BYU will have to play well and play mostly mistake-free football. Yeah, I think Boise is good, but I also think BYU is good. Yeah, so that's yeah. that. Of course, as we've we've talked about a lot this week. I mean, that's what makes this game truly intriguing. Is it's one of the few measuring sticks that we get with BYU football this year. And that uh, makes this game so, you know, fun to talk about. And uh, I'm excited to watch for for that very reason. I just I wonder, you know, is this hmm, is this Boise State team going to turn out to be as good as last year's team, which BYU was able to beat despite being a really good team? Yeah, in Provo. Well, what do you mean, yeah, in Provo? They'd be, Boise would have been in a, in a New Year's Six game last year if it weren't for BYU. I mean, yeah. that was a good team. I, yeah. yeah, it was in Provo, but, but, but they but beat them. Helps to, uh, well, BYU's never beaten Boise up there. So I, I think that, that does sort of shade the thing a little bit. I expect BYU to win that game. And, and the, here's why. If that offensive line can come together and play the way it's capable of playing, then, then I think the Cougars are going to be in pretty good shape. Because they're big, they're strong, they're capable, and if they play together and play at their peak, uh, then, then I think Boise's going to have a hard time stopping that offense. What I well, if if Boise Boise's secondary is really really good, mm-hmm. so you know if if uh, if BYU is going to struggle offensively, it's because uh, you know their targets aren't aren't getting open. You know, Dax Milne has, has had a, a great year so far, but when he goes up against a really good secondary, is he is he going to be able to to get open for Zach Wilson to throw in the ball? Well, it certainly makes it a lot easier when you're running the football uh, efficiently, 
And if BYU, that offensive line creates some space and uh, Tyler Algier is uh, churning up yards, then then that, that'll soften things up for guys like Dax Mill. You, you know what? You make a terrific point, Gordon. This game for BYU might need to be the the run to set up the pass type of effort, and we've seen both t- both styles from BYU this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know where they've really uh, concentrated on on running first, and then we've seen uh, games where they say, "Well, oh, maybe we'll run it or once or twice, but we're gonna we're gonna turn Zach Wilson loose." I I think you make a good point. I I think this feels to me more like a establish the run, take some pressure off of uh, off of those receivers, and then you know go to work and and seek out your opportunities when. Uh, Boise overcommits. Well, it gets back to what we were talking about earlier this week, and that is that uh, BYU needs to be really physical with this team, and uh, that that goes for both lines, offense, defense. And if they can punch this team in the mouth and rough them up a little bit in, in a good way, then that uh, that will go a long way toward victory for BYU. Uh, and, and that's probably true for every football game. But I think it's especially true in this one. You know, on the opposite side of the ball, Gordon, I think it's um, going to be the opposite game plan. I think that Boise is going to come out slinging it and try and put some pressure on the secondary. Any update on the quarterback situation for Boise? Uh, I have not seen one. I think they're keeping it intentionally vague. I'll, uh, I'll go back and see if I can find it, but... I mean, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, both quarterbacks uh, have played well. Jack Sears was really good last week. Yeah. Uh, I wonder who BYU would rather face. Uh, well, anyway, uh, the, yeah, the secondary, the secondary is. Has BYU secondary impressed you thus far this year? See, I don't know. That's that's why I'm curious going into this game. Because it's been good. Mm-hmm. It's been fine. But they have they really faced? Yardage. Have they really faced a team though that's that's going to come out and put pressure on it? You know, have they really yeah. faced a team that's going to come out and sling it? I don't think they've faced a team anywhere near as as good as Boise. Well, not a quarterback anyway, as yeah. near as good as as either one of those guys. So well, we have seen them give up some yardage in the secondary. I mean, we saw who was it? Which one of those uh, lesser teams was it that was causing problems at UTSA? Yeah, who is uh, having some. Uh, Success throwing a football down the field and uh, BYU. I was looking at. It and I thought, well, man, they're playing a little soft, but uh, they were able to move the ball a little bit on the Cougars. So I mean, I, anything anybody has done thus far to BYU's defense, Boise will do it better. I would think so, but I, I feel pretty good about BYU's run run defense, and they have uh, gotten pressure on the quarterback uh, at times with those uh, with those yeah, down Because sometimes they have and sometimes they haven't. I think I think this yeah. Boise game is going to be one where you stop the run uh, as best you can, and then you keep everything else in front of you. And I know that's that's such a boring game plan, and and BYU uses it a lot, and people get cranky. But with with Boise, BYU can't they can't fall behind early. They can't play a yes, come from I behind agree. type of game. So I agree with that. But I I I get frustrated watching defenses that. Uh, that are sort of bend but don't break. But that might be the best strategy in this type of game. I know yeah, it's yeah, again, it it's be. boring. I just uh, that's just not. If I were a quarterback, I would be more worried about having too much pressure on me than uh, than uh, than having to pick my spot, find my windows in the secondary. 
I got you. Who was but, it? Did you see? Did you see that game? Who did? Who was Texas playing this last week? Oklahoma State. You know they they, uh, they have a fine quarterback, and when they went into overtime on that on that critical fourth down in overtime, you know, they 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 brought the house, man. And I applaud that. And sure enough, they sacked the quarterback and won the game. And I thought to myself, yeah, yeah if I were a quarterback, that's not what I would want to see on a must-convert fourth down. So maybe maybe what we'll see out of BYU is in picking their spots. They have been mixing it up a little bit more. I wonder if Kalani Sataki will take over that defense a little bit. I don't know, but I, I I would not expect a bunch of blitzes. I I know it's not fun to watch, but I mean this is this is the same logic you get mad at me by saying that Tim Duncan was a boring basketball player because he was a boring <laughs> basketball player. But you know what? <laughs> Shooting those bank shots seemed to work for him pretty well. So what made what made? But okay, see, I don't know what what you're talking. What made Tim Duncan boring? His game was boring. It, it, Making shots was boring? The way he made them, yeah. And plus he had no what, personality you... and all this. But he's one of the top five best players of all time. <laughs> It'd be like telling Tim Duncan he should dunk more because it's more fun to watch. I mean, you know, like, hey, stop uh, stop doing all those coverages because I like watching blitzes more. I mean, yeah, uh, I would Mike, I Mike would Leach. That, I would what? expect that out of a casual basketball fan, not, uh, not from a, a learned uh, oh, please. You, you can say that Tim Duncan was amazing and also at the same time admit that his brand of basketball was boring. <laughs> Those don't have to be mutually exclusive. And in fact, uh, boring is really good because you know what's coming with boring and you still can't stop it. Was Stockton boring? Uh, Stockton, you know, he had a little flair with the whole no look, one handed pass kind of game. Uh, I wouldn't call him, you know, like uh, a born showman or anything like uh, like Donovan Mitchell has some real flair to his game, right? He's really fun to watch play. But watching John dump it into Carl, who shoots a fadeaway jumper, while <laughs> incredibly effective, can absolutely be one hundred percent boring. Uh, and with if I'm coaching a defense against Boise State, I'm saying don't give up big plays. Keep it in front of you. Uh, we'll get pressure as best we can. But, uh, well, like Mike Leach, for example, Gordon, he's made a living off picking apart impatient coaches who like to blitz. What has the SEC figured out about Mike Leach? Well, stop blitzing. Well, I, okay, so this is what I would do if I were BYU. I, I, I have no problem with uh, having a three-man front and dropping eight into coverage as long as you, you spice it up by mixing in a little bit of pressure here and there and some aggression. And I think that's the way Kalani likes his team to play. So uh, I'll be interested to, to see whether they, they do that mix. I just don't want to see them strand their I secondary. That just seems like a bad idea yeah. to me. I hear what you're saying, and I, and I get that. But, man, pressure the quarterback. Do not let the quarterback get comfortable. Because if he does, then, then you might have a problem on your hands. See, here's a, here's a tweeter that gets it. Our friend Andy tweets and he says Duncan was no T-Mac this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about T-Mac was extraordinarily fun to watch play but never won a thing in his career Tim Duncan could fall asleep in the stands and the guy was one of the best ever (laughs) see I think efficiency is fun to watch you do not I, stop it. Don't I, give us this. Well, this, come on. this you need garbage. some whirly bird dunk in order to be entertained. That's more fun to watch 
than the banker off the window from 15 feet. Yes, it's more fun to watch Donovan Mitchell do a windmill than it is uh, uh, Delaney Rudd to lay the ball up. I mean, let's we can we can operate under uh, a, a basic set of, of circumstances that it's fun to watch a player dunk a basketball or jump I out of the gym or, or or shoot fadeaway threes or all these things but that see, are really fun to watch. But but, see, but just the, being there on the nail and turning it around and banking it off the window, come on. We can admit that that's boring. We can. Uh, it's listen, effective, yeah, but it's boring. I, I, I would expect a little more from you, Jake. I'm disappointed. Because you, if, if Tim Duncan gets the ball in the low post and he pivots and, and, and fires a pass over to Manu Ginobili, who drains a three-point shot, that, I mean, that's just smart basketball. That's, I, I enjoy watching smart basketball, even if it's not a whirly, you know, a tomahawk dunk. It's okay to say that watching somebody shoot a free throw is boring. <laughs> it's okay to say that I think watching James Harden is boring at times because he goes to the line 20 times a night. It drives me bananas. But is it any less effective? No. Nobody likes watching free throws. You don't need to admit to enjoying something that is not enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, I enjoy watching good basketball, good team basketball, and that's what the Spurs made a living doing. I I was not, I was rarely bored by the Spurs, uh, but then you and I coming from different places because I marveled at the methodology in play. You were bored to tears, but you're too snooty to admit it. It's all right. It's okay. You know what? Uh, like like three yards in a cloud of dust football is pretty boring, but often effective. Well, three yards would only leave you a uh, fourth and one. Thank you, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mathematician. But you get my point. He'd <laughs> be punting a whole lot. <laughs> Don't need to take a trig class to figure that one out. You understand what I'm saying? People like I wonder, would people. There, would there be like would there be like situational punting uh, involved if you are three yards in a cloud of dust? Yeah, there I, would I, be. I suppose. I suppose if if you went for it on fourth down, that that might be effective. But most of these, if you're three yards. And a, and Stop a it! Dust. Stop and it! Please, chances, will you? Chances, chances are pretty good that you're you're conservative, so you're not going to go for it on fourth down. Will you please address the point as opposed to nitpick the expression? <laughs> then you well, you must not like Quinn Snyder's offense because it's it is rather methodical. Move the ball, you know. I mean, what it, what it defines like, like like my approval means anything. Define like. Well, it's interesting that you bring up Tracy McGrady because I, Tracy McGrady, watching him play was wasn't. I mean, that didn't do much for me. Tracy McGrady, you did yeah. not enjoy watching. I, I don't even like Tracy McGrady. Uh, <laughs> like, but you didn't enjoy watching him like leap over seven footers to dunk in their face. <laughs> who will, who likes watching that? I tell you. <laughs> Who enjoys that brand of basketball? All, all I'm saying is mix in a, a fourth or fifth rusher every once in a while. Put some pressure on the freaking quarterback. Don't let him sit back there and peruse and look all over the field. And, and even in the last game, we saw BYU at times where there was no pressure on the quarterback or very little pressure. And then after it's 21-0 because you got beat deep three times, then uh, maybe you, you make an adjustment to, I don't know, uh, you know, it might be a little boring, but uh, it'll be a little effective because you've got oh, to it's, guard it's... the receivers catching the football. 
it's hard for a quarterback to find a man deep when he's running for his life. It's hard for a quarterback to complete a pass when there's nobody open. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I think, it's difficult. I think we're both, it's really I hard. Both, I, think, I think we're both right. Uh, you know, and, and 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 I am more right because I'm allowing. I'm not saying that it has to be all aggression. You know, I, uh, I'm, so I'm, you're I'm, on I'm the a, fence. I got it. So no, I'm allowing. I'm allowing place for your for your your boring football. Your uh, boring de- defense. Ah, uh, the old both sides are right argument. Jeez, no, it's tough to no, argue yeah, with that. No, it's no. Like everybody's right. Everybody no. gets an award. No, versatility is your friend. Get everybody you know, a trophy. You, you, you mix it up. <laughs> you mix it up, and it makes it that much more effective when you when you do bring the pressure. Okay, so let me let me sum up this. Uh, let me sum up this take then. Sometimes you blitz. <laughs> Sometimes you don't. Exactly. <laughs> Did I get it right? You, you pick your spots, <laughs> and then it makes it makes those spots that much more effective. And so, it, it, but timing, like a lot of things in life, is really important. This is one of your more controversial takes. I got to give it to you. You're going to ruffle a lot of feathers with this one. You watch yourself. Watch that Twitter feed, pal. You're going to get blown to pieces. I, I'm telling you right now. If Stockton is standing. Uh, 25 feet from the basket, and he lobs a pass into Carl Malone, and Malone spins and hits that baseline jumper, and that's good for two when the Jazz need those points. I don't think the crowd minded one bit. No, they didn't because it was incredibly effective and they just want to win the game. It doesn't make it but, like not boring. Yeah, but if they if if uh, John Stockton brings the ball down the floor and lobs it into Carl Malone, and instead of spinning toward the baseline, he spins the other way and hammers the ball into the basket, then okay, that makes it that much better. So you got a little mix of both. Okay, all right. So let me. Let you, me... I mean, you want to, oh, you you want your oatmeal plain. Let me see if I can uh, break down your. your... Well, that, I think we just sort of. Didn't, isn't that what you were arguing to begin with, and now I'm arguing it? How did we get to this? Let me let me see if I can sum up your take on why John Stockton was so good at basketball. <laughs> sometimes he passed. <laughs> and sometimes he shot it. Uh, he should have shot it a little more. <laughs> All right, <laughs> stay I, tuned. Am I, am I, are, you, are you forcing me to criticize uh, one of the best point guards of all time? I didn't force I mean, you to do anything. He, you said it he, on your own. He, he, would, he would have helped the Jazz more if he had shot a little and more. There's you criticizing him again. I didn't force you to do I, that. I think, I think I started this argument by saying that I really appreciated Tim Duncan's game, and it wasn't boring to me when they played boring but effective basketball. And somehow by the end... It was the opposite. Then you, you were saying that that's good, and I was saying to mix it up listen, with a little li- more fun. Listen, listen here, Gordon. <laughs> you're either a Spurs fan or you're lying through your teeth. Because nobody who wasn't invested in the Spurs winning ever watched that team and go, wow, this is just thrilling. Oh, it was beautiful no, basketball. Stop it. Stop it, it, it right now. Uh, you can be it honest was. with us. It's all right. Oh, Stay man, tuned. Jake, more you know, next. 97.5 and 1280 like The that, Zone. That casual basketball fan that knows nothing about the game.
Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We'll have what's going on coming up at the top 3 o'clock hour. But right now, Gordon, a couple pieces of NBA news I want to get your thoughts on. Um, According to Woj and Zach Lowe on ESPN, the NBA's Board of Governors and Players Association are holding separate meetings tomorrow, expected to culminate with an agreement on starting the 2021 season on December the 22nd and playing a scheduled 72, uh, excuse me, a reduced 72-game schedule. Exactly as we predicted earlier in the week. And David Locke was right on the money with his thoughts on it. Uh, Well, am I speaking too soon? Is that too much of a projection at this point? Uh, I I, I think this is encouraging. But, yeah, I think it's far from a sealed deal. I mean, they they still got to vote on the thing. And when it comes to, you know, you've seen enough players' unions over the years that you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Should we demand a recount? No. I don't think we should do that. Okay. Um, then the other piece of news, uh, Gordon, and that is coming out of Boston. Ryan Rossillo, amongst others, are saying uh, are reporting that Gordon Hayward wants out. Yes, he does, and it doesn't surprise me at all. He's not being used the way he wants to be used, and you can see it in his body language. Uh, the question is, what are his capabilities now? Could he? recapture uh, his abilities that he had at his peak here in Utah? Um, no. Is it the ankle? Is it uh, what? What is it that's slowing him down? I think it's a combination of ankle and age. Let's see, how old is Gordon now? He's got to be 30, 31. Huh. I mean, he, he spent seven years in Utah and the last three in Boston, right? So that's 10. So what time? It was 21, 22. So, I mean, he's 31, 32. When we were talking about tired narratives of various individuals, you know, did you know that Gordon Hayward used to play tennis? I I didn't know that. Uh, He's 30 years old. He will turn 31 on March 23rd. So I don't think, you know, recapturing the game of his mid-20s. I don't don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. So if he's demanding a trade, how is that going to work? Well, he doesn't have any leverage, so I don't know how that's going to work. Cause Somebody's going to want to pay his contract? He'd have to be a maniac to opt out of his current deal. Yeah. So I don't think he's doing that. He has, obviously, one more year, so Boston would then, in theory, trade him, right, if he wants out. But they don't have to trade him by it right away. And he's not like he's – I mean, I guess he's somewhat of a key contributor on the team. I mean, he's still a good basketball player, but it's not like he's – good enough to hold the franchise a ransom, right? Right, I mean, they could just turn around and tell him to shut his pie hole and sit on the bench. They could Rajah Bell him. Do you you, uh, believe in reading body language? Because what I saw, uh, and I didn't watch all the Celtics games, and so I I can't speak for everything, but there were times when I saw him on the court with his teammates, and it just seemed like he was almost out of place, Jake. It, it It was like he was an afterthought, and he knew it. Uh, basketball players know when they're being, when they're not being emphasized. 
And I think that's a big part of of what he's doing. You know, Daddy's not happy. He's going to make $34.1 million next year. So he, wow. he ain't opting out, I'll tell you that. Yeah. So he could want in one hand and spit in the other, and I'll tell you which is going <laughs> to fill up faster. Uh, let's get out of Stone Phone. Joining us now, he's our good friend uh, Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And uh, speaking of want, probably a lot of guys out there that uh, want to get back to normal in the bedroom, I'm guessing. There are so many guys out there. Yes, absolutely. And it doesn't mean that maybe things are totally at 0% in the bedroom. Uh, There's a lot of those guys, too. But most guys that we see here in the clinic, they've got mild or moderate erectile dysfunction. Things are going okay in the bedroom. You know, two out of four times, it's good. Two out of four times, it's not so good. That is uh, really where our technology shines. It's called acoustic wave therapy. It takes the blood flow that you've got in this part of the body and improves it by 50 or 60%. So you get more blood flow when the timing is right in the bedroom. And the big takeaway, Jake, is guys don't have to take the pill. Uh, They don't have to deal with that lack of spontaneity. They don't have to deal with the side effects. When things work in the bedroom like they used to, what a breath of, of fresh air for so many guys. That's what we specialize in is getting the intimacy back into the relationship and you know it affects more than one person you know we're talking about not only a guy but their partner as well i'm guessing you see a lot of uh, very happy partners along with the guys we do and, and we're seeing more significant others wives girlfriends partners we're seeing more of them call us actually and saying hey uh you know my boyfriend my husband he struggles with ed i want to get this i want to get this going again because you're right erectile dysfunction affects two people and the man uh is is sensitive about it and insecure about it but so is the partner and we're improving relationships ed wreaks havoc on a relationship so we're correcting that 801-901-8000 801-901-8000 wasatch medical clinic and you always take great care of our listeners a lot of free stuff there's so much for free if you're out there struggling with erectile dysfunction and you want to get that spontaneity back, uh, call us right now. The assessment will be free. The exam will be free. We'll do a blood flow test. Really cool, by the way, to test your blood flow. That'll be free. We're going to throw in a little special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. I've never seen it fail. And new patients even get free testosterone to handle the ambition in the bedroom, the drive and the energy Call us now. It's all free. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. All right. We'll have more Big Show. Uh, What's going on? Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.